We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 158 of the Beyond 90 podcast. This is Eric Saviano hosting from a different location. I'm in Perth and doing this on my phone because I brought my work laptop, but my work laptop cannot um, download Zoom for some reason. Thankfully, I've got a co-host ready who has saved the day by logging into the women on site. Zoom account so we can actually get this content out to you and we certainly hope that you are enjoying the Women's World Cup as much as we are, but it's time to introduce my two co-hosts. I think I'll start with Dale firstly because he has logged into Women on Inside Zoom so we can do this and also um, you were at uh, Colombia versus Korea earlier today as of the time of recording and um, not just enjoying the game were you Dale, you were um, otherwise engaged? Technically, technically, no. I was on the clock for my paid employment. Um, but if anybody <laughs> is listening to this, I was actually just in a meeting uh, that happened to be at that venue uh, while using my uh, personal phone as my hotspot. Uh, but no, it's good to be back. Great, great to be back in time for the World Cup. Um, had a fair old kerfuffle trying to get to the Australia-Ireland game, but we'll probably come under that a bit later. Uh, yeah. But yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for reminding me of you arrived back in the country on game day. I suppose we'll start our Australian coverage with that. But before we crack on, um, of course, um, completing the trio of Madge, who has um, lovingly updated her background to a photo taken during Thursday's Australia versus Ireland game. And yes, the lovely I told you so banner, the famous quote from Johnny Warren, the soccer's legend. And... I think it's fitting because I actually ended up being the tier above Matilda's active, act, active support for that game. So it's quite fitting given who I was supporting then that I'm covered by the photo because, because of my treason. Was that, is that, was that the only act of treason I've committed during this World Cup? Who can say? But anyway, how are you, Madge? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I um, This is the last day of my little, my Sydney trip. So I, I decided just to base myself in Sydney for pretty much this first week I'll be heading off back to Brisbane tomorrow morning but yeah I had a ball I was also at yeah Columbia Korea today it was absolutely fantastic and yeah I'm sure we'll get on to Australia Island which was amazing as well so uh, and also checked out um, France and Jamaica so I've had Mm. um, three wonderful live games of football so I'm, I'm I'm a happy happy football fan right now. Yeah, great to see. I got I got massive FOMO seeing everyone, like you two, for example, but uh, about 20 other people I know posting photos from Columbia, Korea. But uh, yes, I, I'm here for a reason and we all know what it is in Perth. So um, without any further ado, before we cover the Women's World Cup, we'll do uh, this week's uh, featured Matilda. And it's uh, one well-known to most of you, I suspect, Cap 158, Kaya Simon. So how fitting we do our first Women's World Cup pod and it's a member of the Matilda squad Uh, she doesn't need much introduction but you know we think um you know we played for the Matildas for so long um dub action uh, off the top of my head Sydney FC uh Melbourne City uh she's gone over she's played for Tottenham she's played for PSV Eindhoven and quite a few um, clubs in the United States Uh, I'd just like to ask I think I'll start with you Dale what's your first memory of uh Kai Simon uh shushing the Victorian fans (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, and I, yes. Uh, scoring that pe- scoring the penalty in the 2010 mm-hmm. uh, grand final and yeah, shushing the victory fans at Swan Street. Um, I'm not a big uh, Sydney FC women's fan, but that is a moment that lives very fondly <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, Madge, do, do you have any other... Oh, what do you think of when you think of Kai Simon? Um, being an amazing goal sneak for the Matildas when we needed her to be, I think. Uh, she scored a bunch of really important goals for the Matildas in World Cups um, previously. So I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, yeah, just a big-time player. And that's no doubt why, uh, you know, Tony uh, took the punt on bringing her into the squad because she has shown up to be that sort of money player uh, when, when you really need them. And um, that's some, some, something that some that you can't really coach um, often. So, yeah, um, hopefully she can do it again sometime uh, throughout the tournament for us this time. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think of uh, what I think of when I think of Kaya Simon, um, the winning penalty in the 2010 Asian Cup final in a monsoon, the, the winning goal against Brazil in the 2015 Women's World Cup, um yeah just general silky skills uh her composure in the box in the olympic qualifier against china in Parramatta 2020 where she had multiple defenders around her didn't panic found emily van eggmont in space and then um uh we know what uh eb did next but yeah a lot of players would have panicked there kai didn't she found the open player and i think a player definitely close to my heart uh because of where she played her junior football um firstly quakers hill junior soccer club in blacktown council and then also with hills brumbies so there we go that's uh blacktown and the hillshire representation there from kai simon i absolutely love to see that but also uh, uh scored against this week's opponents in the last world cup uh in their last their last meeting she got a double against nigeria in their in their game in 2015 Yes, and uh, I'd love to see her repeat that for several reasons. So, <laughs> yes, yes. But anyway, like I mean, I suppose this wasn't technically the opening game, but we have to start with this. Australia won, Republic of Ireland nil. And uh, Madge, uh, Matilda's active support was great for the whole game. And um, actually had a chat. I missed you, but I had to chat to a few of, a lot of you um, post-game. But yeah, just uh, your, what were your thoughts from you know, behind one of the goals? Behind Steph Catley's penalty, actually. Oh, look, I mean, I feel like I was a bit of a zombie <laughs> in mm-hmm. the best possible way, but like it, it was kind of surreal, like sort of being at a home World Cup and Australia's playing. And, and I was spending just a, a lot of my energy playing that drum the entire, <laughs> the entire game. But when we got that penalty and it was right in front of us and I think it can't, like you had that little heart and mouth moment. Mm. It was such a good penalty. Mm. It looked like it was going out for a moment. But yeah. then saw that beautiful ripple of the net um, and it went in and it was just chaos, absolute chaos behind goal with us. Um, I'm pretty sure there's uh, photos of me just like holding the drum above my head, just like um, <laughs> like just um, absolute chaos, but um, just amazing scenes. Uh, a difficult game and like but you know I, I think everyone knew it was going to be a really difficult game we knew Ireland were going to be a really really tough tough opponent and um, um, what was interesting is yeah we as we got into the stadium that was when we heard the, the news about Sam Kerr not playing um, which we you know was was a bit of a shock uh, so that sort of sent ripples around the group but 
you know, we were confident that, you know, we had the the options um, within the team to, to come in and do the job for us. And yeah, none other than Steph Catley, uh, absolutely clinical from the spot. Uh, I think everyone was very, very happy to see Steph um, step up to take that penalty. Uh, speaking of being a zombie, Dale, for those that don't know, you arrived back in Australia uh, on the day of that game yeah. after coming from what Greece via Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, oh, so flew into, <laughs> flew into Tokyo on Wednesday morning. Uh, went, I was in Tokyo in, you know, 36 degree Japanese summer. Um, so, you know, had a few beers, did some karaoke, went to a really nice, uh, went to a really nice exhibition actually in the, in a, in a, like a woodblock, uh, painting, uh, art gallery, which was pretty great. Um, and then, yeah, flew back, got in at about 10 o'clock that morning, uh, went to work and then, yeah, had to make the mad dash to, to Homebush. That was a story in itself because of the way that the media ticketing is done at this event, yeah. um, in terms of. Uh, the fact that there's no, like, you can't just turn up and park. You have to go and get your pass, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, no, it was fantastic. Good to see you guys after the game as well. Eric, mm -hmm. um, sort of yeah. friends of the pod, uh, Lockie and Justin Davies there as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the game itself was, uh, I mean, I think it wasn't necessarily, it, it was definitely a better game than than the scoreline showed. Um, mm. I'm just having a quick look at the stats at the moment. Um, there were only like Australia had nearly two thirds of possession, so it was basically sixty forty. Um, but there were only two shots on target for that whole game. Um, one of which was obviously Catley's penalty, and then one of which um, was from Ireland. Out of twenty one shots on target, like that's um, quite unexpected, especially mm. considering the kind of quality that both of these both of these teams have. Um, Denise O'Sullivan got yellow carded in one of the strangest calls I've seen in a long time. Um, but what yeah. I still don't know what happened. What happened with Denise no, O'Sullivan? No, neither do I. Card? I have no idea because I want I just, answers. I just try and be you, you just got to try and be you know very vibes based in this environment. I think yeah. that's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think Australia handled the pressure really well, handled the expectation really well, played a style of football that I think suits them quite well, especially with. Vine and Rasso out wide and then having quick players like Fowler and, and Ford through the middle. Um, they definitely missed Kerr, but I think that was also more that Kerr, uh, Kerr's being on the pitch allows her colleagues uh, kind of Ford, Fowler, et cetera, et cetera, a little bit more freedom in terms of defensive. Like there's, there's less defensive attention. And I think that that's something that Ford really suffered from in this match. Um Australia were legitimately allergic to shooting the ball in this game. Um, mm -hmm. Ford was one of the one of the players, probably most uh, probably most guilty of that. I'm just having a quick look now. Um, there were only, as I said, there are only 12 shots and only one on target, so um, that's not particularly fantastic. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was I was actually quite impressed with the way that Ireland played. They they played the game that they needed to play. They were unlucky to get to concede that penalty. Like it was a penalty, but they were unlucky to concede that penalty. Um, I don't think nil-nil would have been a would have been an unfair result, but you know they don't uh, base scorelines based on fairness, unfortunately for them. I must say that last fifteen or so minutes was absolutely terrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, they they were like so. You know, you say that we had the line share of possession, but we absolutely did not in that in mm. the back end of the game. It was all Ireland. They were absolutely peppering 
um, possession. And um, but yeah, it's it is interesting. Like I haven't actually looked up the stats because I haven't had time. But yeah, that is interesting that, that there still weren't that many legitimate um, chances on goal because um, it did not feel like that up, up, up our end um, watching mm. the amount of possession and the corners that they were getting towards the end of the game. But again, I think that's that's the growth that I think this, the, um, the Matildas have shown like in, in previous tournaments and in previous, um, you know, the previous decades, you know, we've given away those cheap sort of late goals previously. And just to see that uh, and, and going on from that France uh, friendly, uh, I think that's the sort of resilience that's been, um, you know, really uh, something that I've really loved to see from the Matildas recently. And uh, I mean, that's the type of thing that you need to see in a World Cup. You need to be able to close out games. And, you know, they did just that. Mm. It, on that, match, I'm just having a look now. Of the last 10 shots on target, oh, sorry, in, in the last 15 minutes, which obviously includes stoppage time, Ireland had eight shots on target. Uh, Ireland had eight shots to Australia's two. Now, yes, there were a lot of those that were kind of outside the box and things like that. But um, Hayden McCabe had that save, uh, that that shot saved mm. in the seventh minute of injury time. Mm. That was actually Ireland's first shot on target after 97 minutes. Mm. Um, but again, like they had every opportunity to win or to to to, to score there and to to earn a point. But um, yeah, full credit to uh, to them for for kind of pushing as far as they did. Yeah, and, and oh, sorry, I was just going to say, from a Matilda's active point of view, we had an absolute ball pre-game. We um we packed out the Royal Exhibition. Um, it ended up that we packed out the balcony and people couldn't get up because it was um exceeding capacity. We had the Irish fans across the road, which was just amazing. So there was a bit of a sing-off going on. So I'm amazed where any of us had voices going into the game. Um, but yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was just a great day all around and um, getting that win at the end of it was a lot of relief, um, but it, yeah, pride as well. And I think, yeah, onward to the Nigeria game. Yeah. On Matilda's Active Support, thanks to Matilda's Active Support and the wonderful people in there for the multiple welfare checks I received when Denise O'Sullivan got booked. Thanks for thinking of me. But uh, on to the game, um, I, I, I view it differently. I didn't think Steph Catley's penalty was missing. I just thought it was perfect. So I didn't I didn't even have that brief thought of this is going wide unlike a lot of other people, but may, might have just been where I was sitting. Um, I do wonder about... I think what was the late change Tony Gustafson made? Polking on on for Fowler. I think there was a switch to a back five, if I remember. Went correctly. to a back five. Yeah, yeah. and it seeded the it um they seeded the initiative to Ireland. I don't I don't think it's a coincidence. From then on, we saw Ireland's best uh, period, uh, best best period of the game. And uh, I will have nightmares about that Louise Quinn header, which went wide because that's what they were. That's what they've been playing for. And that when they chucked her up front, she broke free and then just she normally heads them in, but not to be this time uh we'll have to breeze through the other games we want to kind of keep this quick um for everyone because we know everyone's incredibly busy at this point but i'm just uh do we have thoughts of the actual the, the tournament's opening game new zealand won norway nil because um i was surprised at that time although it's less of a shock in retrospect given norway's second performance which has just happened look i've just given up on norway <laughs> yeah yep that's fair nah Right that time we lost to Norway in a quarter in a round of sixteen match, and we're no, like, no, "Wow, no. we got we got totally beat in this game." Aside from an Olympico and then Alana Kennedy getting sent off, and um, then they did, and they've been doing everything from that quarterfinal since. They've been doing the same thing ever since, just being yeah. really disappointing. 
I mean, in in uh, Norway's defence, I'm just having a look at the uh, the team that they've put out for this game. What are we all doing here? What is going on? Like, this is the the team that they put out put out for this game. Super second string. I know that. Uh, uh, I believe. Um, uh, Ada Hagerberg was actually injured in the warm-up. She came off before... Uh, was odd, yeah. Pierre came off before, uh, I think, after the anthems or uh, before the anthems, uh, but definitely before kickoff. Um, and, yeah, I, I didn't, I definitely didn't have this game, the Switzerland-Norway game pegged as a nil-nil, but um, uh, after, as you say, Eric, after having watched their first performance, um, uh, they have so many great players and they just constantly honk. I don't understand. Um but yeah, look, I think Norway are going home. Um, yeah, I yeah. won't be surprised if the Philippines keep them to a nil-nil, um, which would mean that uh, Switzerland. I mean, it's it's all to play for in this in this second. Mm. In this, I can't in this do the math group. in that group. <laughs> yeah, I, but I but I really think Norway are going to go home, um, which I think yeah. would be a, a colossal shock. Um, they they've just been really poor lately, and I, I don't don't really know why. Yeah, that's that. That I think that'll we'll talk that down as one of the mysteries of the universe. Norway's level of performance in this tournament. So, just quickly, just briefly, our thoughts on now on Friday's trio of games: the nil all between Nigeria and Canada, Switzerland beating Philippines two nil, and Spain beating Costa Rica three nil. I think for, I'll go first on my social media. I think I'll shout out because we Dale shout out Justin Davies earlier. You can't shout out Justin Davies without shouting out Justin Smith as well. So, uh, yeah, just. Very, very impressed by Spain. Of Spain doing what they usually do. Um, they appear to have done enough patching up behind the scenes. Definitely not enough, but they at least look like the team that's uh, scaring people again. So I don't know if any of you saw the Spain game. But... I did. And yes, they were scary. Mm, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, they, they were very, very, very good. Um, mm. I'm just having a quick look now. Um, and yeah, I think they had something like 75% possession against... Um, Costa Rica, and if you're going to have 80-20, so there you go. Costa Rica Ooh, had ouch. Costa Rica completed. Oh yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Um, Costa Rica had only 21 more passes more than uh, uh, Spain had shots on. Uh, Spain had shots on goal. Oh, so ouch. that is to give you an idea of how dominant they were um, that I, I was super impressed with them. I, I will also say I was also super impressed with them um, with Brazil against Panama um, earlier. I think there, there's been kind of three really big wins so far. Japan beat Z- Zambia five yeah. nil um, Germany beat Morocco six nil and Brazil beat Panama four nil. But I think of those games, Brazil were for me definitely yes. the most impressive. Um, they were, they could have scored 15 goals against Panama to be honest. Yeah. And there was that team goal that I assume everyone has seen. Oh, the Brazil scored the back heel assist. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, oh. we love to see it. But I guess yep. also the game, that Friday game, the the Canada-Nigeria game, it was a result that was wonderful for the Matildas. Um, just what we mm-hmm. wanted to see, the nil yeah. or draw. Did not, absolutely did not love to see that red card. Um, oh. I, I don't know how Lawrence is walking after that, uh, but yeah. thankfully she... yeah. Instead of not being seriously injured, but yeah, oh. that, that that was a real, a real bad, real bad red card. But um, yeah. Look, it wasn't the only bad red card this week. The the Bunny Shaw second yellow was 
one of the more bizarre decisions I've ever seen in world football. But um, I didn't mind look, the yellow for the second, but the first yeah. one I thought was I thought I thought the first yellow was soft. Um, yeah, I agree. So yeah. um, it was but really. There yeah. There were a lot of, uh, uh, unfortunately for my ears, there were a lot of American fans who were very confused by the uh, the concept of having that card rescinded. But because it's two yellows, um, yeah. FIFA can't rescind can't the red yep. card, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, them's the breaks. So the other double yellow was, of course, the um, the Zambia keeper in the game against Japan. So mm. uh, the keeper got a yellow... Uh, for a goal that or, or an opportunity that was eventually ruled offside, I think it was um, from Japan, uh, but she fouled the player in the process of that and got a yellow, um, and then got a yellow later in the game as well. So that one's really harsh. Um, yeah. You know yeah. that that seems to be the rules that I mean, even if um, a, a decision. Is reversed on 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 VAR. Um, I guess you know it kind of logically makes sense. Like you know, if you foul, you foul. If, if you yeah. if you create, um, but when it comes to keepers and those sorts of situations where they're just running out and trying to smother the ball, um, that one seems really harsh. And now apparently Zambia, I think, are down to their third string keeper because that she was already their their second string keeper because their first um, choice was already injured. So yeah. Eunice Sakala from the Gwazi Queens. Uh, she is only 21. And we, I mean, when you think of it that way, we were very close to seeing an outfield player playing in goal. Um, Might get there, yeah. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're only, we're only one red card away from it or an injury away from it. Um, so I think they'll be keeping Sakala in cotton wool over the next couple of days to make sure that there's no training issues. Yes, yeah, so that would be very wise uh, for Zambia. Um, just uh, games not mentioned. Oh yeah, Philippines nil, Switzerland two. Oh, I a brief thrill with Carly Phillips putting the ball into the net, but offside it was. So same. And then yeah, Switzerland. I didn't look like losing once they took the lead. I'm annoyed by the the penalty decision, but uh, whatever. Just thought that seems harsh when you're trying to clear the ball, and it's there's clearly no intent. But I suppose those are the laws of the game. Um, also, oh, yeah, Saturday that weird that weird game every World Cup needs with four games in the one day just so the schedule works. So that um, shout out to anyone that actually watched all four games because uh, you're made of sterner stuff than I am. Uh, we've already spoken about uh, Zambia, Japan. Oh, United States with the standard 3-0 victory over Vietnam. But the, the penalty save was nice. I was at the live square, at a little a live side in Parramatta and uh, got, got a big cheer from some Vietnamese fans who were watching that. But US did be expected. England uh, won Haiti nil was very interesting. And uh, Denmark squeaking by the same squeaking in by the same scoring over China so uh god I've just I would by uh full disclosure I was on NPL TV commentary duty during England Haiti but there was a retaken penalty that oh there was uh, I believe. already yeah 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 there was there was a retaken penalty mm. uh keeper was off the line if I recall correctly and then was off yeah. off the line a second time anyway and then they just scored the scored the second penalty but yeah, it was so uh, it was ruled by VAR uh, yeah. if I recall correctly and yes. I think the only my only thing from the the England um Panama game as well is uh De Mornay is the real deal yes um fabulous she was everywhere amazing mm. Yep. And uh, I think I've seen one tweet, and I assume there's many more like that. How did France let Melchie de Mornay go? So now the player mentioned very often in um, 
Camille Thomas's French League refs would be on 90. Well, there's a reason for that, clearly. Uh, so on to Sunday, by the way, a, a quirky thing I picked up just looking at the scores before doing the pod. Sweden 2, South Africa 1 out of the first 18 Women's World Cup games. It's the only game in which both teams have scored. Um, then Netherlands 1, Portugal nil, And yeah, the nil all draw between France and Jamaica, which I think you had... Uh, so I also on social media, you had strong thoughts about France versus Jamaica, just because um, you were wanting uh, going for France. Well, I was there. I go. I was with the France fans, so we were oh, yeah. going for them. But you know what? France <coughs> was stinking it up. Like Jamaica, Jamaica mm. was great. Like like France couldn't get behind them. Like they, you know, their defense was quick. They were, you know, they they every time that a through ball was put through, um, the Jamaican defense were getting back and cutting it off. Um, but yeah, France. All I can say is like they're doing France things. Like they don't seem like yep. they're playing as a team. Yeah. Um, really disjointed. Uh, very disappointing. And I, I'm 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 going to quote um, the person I was with, but it, it does make you wonder um, how great that result for the Matildas was against them. If if um mm. if, that, if that's what they're going to put up. So. Yeah. But you know what? I, I guess the, the thing for France is maybe that they can only get better. I guess. Um, uh, and they they still got a point in the game. I appreciate your I appreciate your optimism and that they can only get better because if well, there's one yeah. thing that I know about French teams, it's that they can get significantly <laughs> worse. Uh, Six hundred and ninety-one touches in this game, twenty-four in the attacking penalty area. Like oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Like I have more, you know, more touches in the attacking penalty area as a goalkeeper. They were awful. Um I was as always impressed by Wendy Renard. I was more impressed by the fact that uh Jamaica Look, made her look so uncomfortable on a number of occasions. And it wasn't just Khadija Shaw, um, but she obviously was a significant. She made her very uncomfortable at one point by, you know, putting her elbow into her chest, but that's not the point. Um, but I was, as I said, I was, I was very impressed with Jamaica's kind of, uh, kind of go forward, just like hmm. ability to, to absorb pressure and then just continue to continue to go forward and, and continue to make a, make a game of it. Um, again, a, t- a game with, uh, you know, a significant disparity in possession, but like they they had six shots, they had they had two shots on target. France were just like they they were they were just doing what France always do. They're they're very clearly missing um, and Dean Henri. Uh, they would be significantly better with Delphine Cascarino in the team. Um, I don't necessarily know if the two up top works with Lusoma and Diani, but um, that's not my problem. I'm not their coach. Um, so yeah, um, uh, I think full credit, not to use a, not to use a, uh, a cliche, but full credit to Jamaica. They definitely deserve the point. And uh, they did a lap of like a lap of honor for winning a point at the world cup, which I absolutely love to see. Yes. yes. More, more laps of honor. Oh yeah. Big yeah. time, big time yeah. on their side. 40 grand, 40, 40,000 at eight o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, and like the light rail was heaving. Um, there was a little bit of rain around, so obviously that didn't necessarily help. But like, yeah, fantastic atmosphere at that game. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, Monday's games. I think we've yeah we've mentioned Brazil, Panama, Italy versus Argentina. What a header from Cristina Girelli. I think it was just mm. that. Yeah, just I love those like kind of like looping arcing headers, especially late in the game. And I think any other thoughts on Germany, Morocco, apart from. Uh, uh, Germany very good and commiserations to Morocco for having to face Germany. Yeah, look, I mean Germany, like, besides <coughs> Matildas, I put Matildas aside. Germany were my, were my kind of prediction 
for this World Cup and they've done nothing to dissuade um, that with that performance. So we'll see how they keep going throughout the tournament. They're the type of team that um, they're always consistent. So it's just whether or not um, they can pull out the big performance when they really need it. But I would expect them to get get through this this group on on that sort of form. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think like if there's one thing that you think of with German women's football, it's consistency. This is a, a team that went from memory like 700 minutes without conceding across three World Cups, mm-hmm. um, have won eight European, cha- seven European championships in a row. Like they they turned up to play uh, and, you know, you have to, as you say, you kind of have to feel for Morocco. Your first World Cup game is against dual World, World Cup champions who are, you know, definitely peaking at the right time. Uh, and the two own goals that they conceded were super tough to watch too. Um, but yeah, you know, Morocco, they also have on their team uh, the first player, uh, Nuhalia Benzina, who is the first uh, hijabi woman to wear, uh, to oh. potentially wear a headscarf at the World Cup um, once she gets on the pitch. So that'll be interesting to see, um, especially after FIFA uh, banned the headscarf only nine years ago. Yeah, love, love to see that. So I hope that happens. Now on to today's or Tuesday's games, depending on uh, when you listen to this. Um, uh, is there anything, uh, do we have anything to expand on Switzerland and nil, Norway nil, other than the Norway, blah, that's it. Okay, shrugs, good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you were at this game, uh, Colombia 2, South Korea nil. Um, I got to the pub a bit uh, late. It's As in Perth, I'm not, I'm not used to games kicking off at 10 a.m., but I'm also very lazy in the morning, so no. But yeah, South Korea, um, blah, very meh. And the, yeah, I just, that's kind, kind of disappointing. It didn't help the keeper error for the second one, but, you know, just Columbia just looked like they were playing the foot, better football. Was that um, your, uh, yeah. your summation? Yeah. Madge, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think Columbia looked great. Um, Linda was amazing. Like every time she went near the ball, the crowd would just like, Linda is absolutely the Sam Kerr of the Colombian team. Mm-hmm. Like the crowd would just go off. Um, and, and with good reason, like that, that goal, even though there was a big um, keeper error, the, the run that she made to, to get that shot off, uh, you know, it was as well-deserved um, for her. And the, the thing that I thought was amazing is, um, I mean, walking into the stadium, I think, I knew that it was going to be a very, very pro Colombian crowd, but the players on the pitch multiple times were like geeing up the crowd. Like mm. it, it was, um, and really, really getting them going, like, you know, like doing the arms um, at corners and getting the crowd up and about it. But also, you know, there was some great Korean support as well um, up behind goal. Uh, they had some drums and stuff as well going as well. So they, they were pretty loud as well. But um, yeah, just like, this is what you want at a World Cup. Like just having two sets of fans, getting amongst it, uh, having a fabulous time. Um, and, you know, and it was a good fun football. It would have been great if I thought Korea would have been a bit better. Um, but, yeah, they didn't, they, they really didn't look like threatening at all, unfortunately. I, I, I think they may have had one or two decent chances. Uh, so it was a comfortable win for Colombia in the end. Uh, Madge, I've often said this, but you are far too kind. Korea sucked. They were very bad. They played with no forwards. They played with no idea what they were doing. They could still be running around and Colombia off the pitch and they wouldn't have scored. Um, they just... They, I, I said this to Eric and uh, uh, the group chat earlier today, but 
Korea's game plan seemed to be pass to the wingers, lose possession, question mark, question mark, question mark, foul. Uh, because they were horrendous today. Um, it is galling watching that and then realizing that we lost to them at the Asian Cup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, do want to give a shout out to Casey Fair, both the first, yes. uh, both the youngest player at this World Cup, the youngest player in World, Women's World Cup history, and also the first mixed race player to play for the Korean national team at any uh, at at senior level, which I think is fantastic. I believe her mother is Korean, her father is yep. American. That's right. Um, and yes, yeah, super cool. Um, we often see, you know, we have been a, a Australia have been a beneficiary of multiculturalism throughout the years. The Philippines are the same, especially you know in you know California and, and Blacktown, the two. I mean, the two most advanced economies in the world. I've often said, um, <laughs> but yeah, super cool to see um, that kind of uh, like post Asian Tiger recovery uh, migration leading to uh, leading to more diversity in the team um, and a, and a mixed race player, which I think was really cool. But yeah, as you, as you said, Madge, Colombia, like. Their fans were allaying the Koreans after like 60 oh. minutes. It oh, was yeah. That's, to that's watch. cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, what can you say? It was it was a great game. To, it, it was a very good um, 12 o'clock game. It was the kind yeah. of game that you have on like a Monday, like a perfect Monday game. Same kind of thing as like, you know, you turn on the TV and there just happens to be a game on or you turn on YouTube and there happens to be a game live streaming. But like we were physically there. We were physically in the stadium. Um, the stadium was our television in a sense, um, but yeah, so the graphics were so good. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also, as you said, Major, I, I really enjoyed that. That like I had no idea that there were so many Colombians in in Sydney. There were so many people at this game making so much noise. They had the lion headdresses. They had the big hats. They had the skirts. Great stuff. We love to see it. Yeah, love to see fans dressing up. Um, the stadium was our television. Is that the title of the pod? Yeah, I think so. Um, yes. I, I've right. always said that I have a way with words. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's not quite your yogurt reference from I think last oh. year, but it it it's up there. Now, I mean, I suppose this is as good a segue as I'll ever do. Uh, what mixed race people that grew up in America? Let's talk about the Philippines winning one nil over New Zealand, a result that has thrown uh, Group A into chaos, as we mentioned earlier. Ah, uh, how about that history? Uh, an Asian nation with not a lot of football history that uh, previous to the 2018 and 2022 Asian Cups, at least on the women's side. But they've um, overturned the hosts and they defended brilliantly once they took the lead. And uh, shout out to uh, Serena Bolden of Western City Wanderers and Illawarra Stingrays for um, scoring her nation's first goal at a World Cup. I especially love Olivia McDaniel. Well, the save from Grace Jarlay in stoppage time, which was oh, otherworldly. What a save. What a save. Yeah. But also um, just the, the, the shall we say, the, the, the dark arts component of goalkeeping with your team's one goal up. Every time you catch the ball, you fall over. And it, exactly. was, it was beautiful to watch. Um, just And then, um, I don't know if you two have anything to add. Do you see or not? Very unimpressed with their attempts to um, overhaul the 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 one goal deficit. They looked like they didn't have any ideas in possession. I mean, admittedly, the um, the uh, the goal being ruled out. Uh, that's um, just very very tight call, bit ticky tacky yeah. for me. But other that doesn't excuse. I think New Zealand looking 
very unimpressive um, trying to break down a, a packed and disciplined defense, which is what they would have known they were going to face. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't disagree. I think like the thing that New Zealand, the thing that New Zealand do really well, and the thing that we saw them do really well against uh, Norway, specifically in their goal, is really quick transition transition mm-hmm. football. Um, mm-hmm. Having players like Hannah Wilkinson, India Page Riley. I mean, they had uh, Paige Satchel on the bench. They're not short of speed. Um, and obviously they had Jale off the bench in this one. Not necessarily a known speedster, but a very good uh, winger and striker when given the opportunity. But as you say, I mean, it's hard to play counter-attacking football against a team that has nine behind the ball for the whole game. Mm. Um, and I also think that like the way that Slechich sent the Philippines up to have such a bulk, uh, to have such a block in midfield just didn't really allow them to play any kind of decent football through the midfield to try and pass between the lines. Um, which, I mean, like if if those are really your two options are to to play on the counter or to play kind of either like through the through the lines or dink over the top and and yeah, they they the Philippines played them to perfection, as you say, Eric. They just I mean, the New Zealand didn't really offer a lot aside from that that goal. Um, ironic that it was Jackie Hand with her head having a foot offside. Um, we love <laughs> We love the uh, the anatomical references, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, um, was. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Uh, New Zealand had yeah. had a lot more to offer in this game, I think. Yeah, and well, there's still one more game left. Now, uh, of course, depending on when people listen to this, um, who knows how much these predictions are worth? But I'll, I'll I feel game to try it anyway, and it, it won't. I think your prediction for. Whatever happens between now and the next pod we do, just do, does anyone feel game to you know have a pun on anything? I'll let you go first, Madge. I'll tell you what I want. Oh yeah, that, that works. <laughs> I want a um, multiple goals from both teams type of game. Oh, so two or more, more something. Yeah, two yes. two or more. Two two or, yeah, exactly. Two all or more. Um, yeah, so we've 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 only we've for a while there, there was no the losing team weren't ever getting a goal, mm. and we I think we eventually got like a two one. Um, mm. But yeah, I'd love I'd love to see a bit of a chaos game like a miracle in Montpellier from someone. Anyway. Oh, yeah, but they so potentially a miracle of Melbourne or the apparition yeah. of Adelaide or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I I would love to see that. Dale, do you? Have- well, what are your wishes for between now and the next point? Uh, my predictions. I'll give you a couple of. I'll give you a few predictions. Canada one, Republic of Ireland one. Canada go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I think the Netherlands are going to beat the US. Ooh, I, 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 I am intrigued by your ideas and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Uh, and <laughs> I would not be surprised if Haiti get a point against China. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a very parochial Chinese crowd, though, because uh, well, I mean, there's not a lot of Haitians in Australia as it is, but yeah. it's going to be a, it's a small ground at, at um, Marsh. Um, and predicting France Brazil to be that's the Saturday game at Lang yeah. Park. Predicting that mm-hmm. to be the game of the group stage. Well, imagine I absolutely, definitely hope that you're right because we will both be there. So you know, that's the start of that. That's the end of my um. Oh, no, it's the middle of my itinerary from hell. But, you know, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, my prediction... Oh, God, now I have to think of something snazzy. Uh, 
I'll keep, I'll keep it. I reckon Republic of Ireland will jag something against Canada. Wonder when Louise Quinn, a uh, Louise Quinn header is going to go in this time. And I, because, because um, of work overlapping with the time I took leave, I actually haven't really gotten properly into women's World Cup mode until I got over to Perth. But um, yeah, it didn't didn't occur to me till someone said it uh, to me earlier today. Yes, um. The, the, there's a lot more Irish in uh, Perth, as, well, generally, and at this specific time than there are Canadians. So um, best of luck to friends of Beyond 90, Lockie France and Paletti, who uh, uh, I, I may need to give them some moral support because they are going to be outnumbered at the game. Oh, and I, I love to hear it. Spare a thought for the pubs of Perth tomorrow. Uh, uh, <laughs> d- d- don't spare a thought for them because this is, this is like all, all their Christmases come at once, this game. Very true. Very true. <laughs> yes. Especially the very lovely Irish pub I was in earlier today. Um, just uh, briefly, actually, you know what? Let's yeah, let's give this. No, no one. I apologies to the state comps. They are going on. Uh, I hope people, some people, find some time to enjoy them. But it's a bit, yeah. Just I don't really have any any takes from the state comps. We'll come back to them when the women's World Cup. Maybe in the group. Maybe in the knockout stages when there's less games. But. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up unless either of you two have anything else to add. Oh, we could do oh. Kings of Queens of the Week. Oh, Kings oh. of Queens. Ah, yes. I've, I've gone out of Sydney and just forgotten how to do this part. My bad. I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah, Mads, just save me from my own ineptitude. Can you go, go Prefer- for Professional <laughs> as always, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, mine was a bit of a cute story. If we're like talking about the German team being um, absolutely uh, dominant in their opening game. Um, Clara Buell, um, or Buell, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, crocheted a little koala. And this is on, I think it's on the FIFA Plus site. There's a little story about this uh, and called it Waru, um, a, a common uh, word uh, in several Indigenous languages for fire, or it's also um, used to describe the Milky Way. And that's been a bit of a good luck charm for the journey. Team, I think uh, we, uh, you may have seen it on the telecast as well, being carried around by the team after their win. So, just a, a very cute uh, little uh, mascot that they've adopted there in the German team. Um, so, love love to see that sort of um, you know getting on board with with the country that they're that they're playing in and. Um, you know, really sort of, you know, connecting with the culture and, and the, uh, the culture of the society. It's great. Uh, I have uh, a Queen of the Week and a non-denominational person, People of the Week. Uh, Emperor? My Queen of the Week is Emperor. My, well, them in the truest sense of the word. Uh, <laughs> my Queen of the Week is Rebecca Spencer, the Jamaica goalkeeper. Um, I thought she was fantastic against France. I'm just having a look through her stats. Uh, 90 minutes. Five saves, uh, 28 passes completed, all of which were launched out of her area, uh, and 29 co- 29 crosses uh, attempted into the penalty area. I-, I was super impressed with the way that she played. She made a number of very good saves uh, against France, so big ups to her. Uh, definitely the highlight from that game. Uh, and up until this point, my emperor is the fans. Uh, <laughs> 27 average of 27,000 fans across the tournament so far. At games, uh, more than half a million uh, people have turned up to games. Well, more than half a million tickets have been scanned in because uh, I've definitely been to three, so that makes me three people. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think we're 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 definitely well on or we're we're well on the way to what 
will be one of the best attended tournaments uh, in Women's World Cup history. We're already well ahead of the last World Cup um, and potentially ahead of 2015 as well at this stage. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've got to say, I, I am pleasantly surprised with how well attended the matches have been. Um, today, there were 23,000 at the, the 12 o'clock kickoff. There have been 40, 30, 40,000 at a lot of these games. And, and I think that uh, this is going, the tournament itself is going as well as, as well as the organisers could have, could have hoped at this point. Yeah, and I got I got a couple of selections. So firstly, it has to be Serena Bolden. You know, we've mentioned it earlier, making history uh, for the Philippines. They really monstered Rebecca Stott in that aerial challenge. And it's just like, almost like a proper old school uh, center forwards uh, goal. And it's just really forcing the ball over, over the line. And I think, you know, we've got, uh, you know, people that have watched her uh, play for Illawarra Stingrays and the Wanderers say that just a, so much energy, she, so much leadership. She's so vocal. So yeah, a really great presence on the field. And, uh, you know, yeah, couldn't, couldn't think of anyone better to score the a historic goal for the Philippines. Of course, um, Serena also the player that scored uh, the winning penalty in the shootout against Taiwan to get the Philippines to the world cup in the first place. And uh, I got a queen as well. So it is Jenny Hughes from Blacktown city who had the, the nightmare away trip, in football New South Wales League One Women's to Southeast Phoenix at South Narrow Football Complex. For those uh, not from New South Wales, that's at, at least a three-hour drive, probably more. So, uh, it, but it, it made it easier. Her 77th minute minute winner meant uh, Blacktown head back to Western Sydney with all three points. So well done to you, Jenny, and well done to Blacktown. Uh, so now, have I have we done everything we're supposed to in a pod? Yes, thumbs up. I I kind of know what I'm doing now after hosting this pod a hundred times. So, yeah, on behalf of uh, Magella Card and Del Roots, this is Eric Sobihano signing off for episode 158 of the Beyond 90 podcast. It's the usual things, wishing you plenty of good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and just make sure you enjoy this Women's World Cup to the fullest, uh, no matter whether, whether you're at the stadium or at a live site or just watching at home on screen. See you next time. Mm-hmm.